Hi, I'm Kevin DeCristofano, and normally right there we get Sean Flanagan, but he is not here tonight, unfortunately. But we do have a very special guest to talk with us about this week's awesome issue of Ninja Turtles, and that is Lenny Schwartz. How you doing, Lenny? Hey, how's it going, Kevin? Good to see you again. Yeah, it's been it's been a minute for sure. Glad it to has, have you. It has you some good things absolutely. on the horizon. Absolutely. <laughs> That's good things on the horizon, especially with this book we're going to talk about tonight. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's a great issue. So so we got Lenny here today to talk about Ninja Turtles issue 37 of volume one. The story's called Twilight of the Ring with a script by Rick McCollum and Bill Anderson. Pencils by Rick McCollum and Bill Anderson. Inks by Rick McCollum and Bill Anderson. And lettering by Rick McCollum and Bill Anderson. Uh, came out the cover date is june of 91 which actually interesting enough lenny i don't know if you knew this about a lot of the early turtles books we've seen this is the third time we've seen this the issues came out out of order because uh, this yeah. is two months before issue 36 that is correct yeah so it's it's just interesting i wonder why they couldn't renumber them before they got sent to the printer so they'd like come out correctly well, it's funny you say that because I actually bought this is the first 37 is the first issue I bought the stands. And I was convinced that, you know, it's you know, I went to a place called Starship Excalibur. They um, the new issues. So I bought this is the first issue 37 I bought. And then two months later, number 36 came up. And as when I was I was actually uh, 14 years old. I mean, like, what the heck is going on? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's something we haven't mentioned on the show. Um, we, we did like Sean and I both briefly mentioned our like history with comic books, but I think something I left out was I didn't find an actual comic book store until I think it was the summer after I graduated high school. So, um, like when I was like 18 and before that I was buying comics at like CVS and stuff like right. that. Well, on the spinner, yeah, right. <laughs> and I remember how impossible it was to follow anything because they didn't always get everything in. At, like I remember, I was trying to follow Batman at the time, and I don't even think it was the Batman book. I think it was like um, Legends of the Dark Knight. I was getting um, in like the mid nineties, and and yeah, it, it's it's it was impossible to follow everything. <laughs> right, right. Well, it's very true. I used to go to uh, Fred's Drugs, if you remember, on uh, at the Elephant still there. Fred's Drugs in Cranston. I don't think it is, but I always thought it was funny that the sign, the marquee says Fred's Drug, and the sign in the parking lot said Fred's Drugs. Like he couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they were different. <laughs> You're exactly right. But that's that the Fred's Drug. I can't remember. We used to go there once a week. And I pick out the comics and, uh, you know, and it was so weird. I go there and I went to a place in Westerly and then I was like, there's gotta be some more. I got to fill in my stuff. And in Warwick mall, there used to be these little comic shows and that's why mm -hmm. I used to fill in my gaps. And, um, but they don't do those anymore. Then the, then the, uh, the store started appearing. God, it was a place down in uh, Oakland Avenue that appeared. I actually worked for a place called Adam Pinhead's world of comics back in the nineties. I don't remember Adam Pinheads, but they're uh, they're actually next to the. It's actually with a big cheeses right now. Oh. <laughs> the big cheeses <laughs> be a comic store. <laughs> so. My main store. Uh, shout out to um, uh, Time Vault. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Time Vault. I always confuse Time Vault. No, not not Time Vault. Time Capsule. Oh. Time Capsule. There's yeah. Time Capsule and Toy Vault. See, I always confuse yeah. them, but for years it was um. 
time capsule. That's where I went. And then Toy Vault is at yep. the mall down the street, so I always confuse them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They both sell comics. Time, I'm not sure about Toy. I don't go to Toy Vault, but I actually still go to Time Capsule. I've known Rob for years. Oh, Rob's he's a, a great Such a yeah, great guy. He is not the comic book store guy from the the Simpsons. He is he is oh, very man, inviting. Yeah. Um, I went there when they were closed once because my I forgot to set my watch for daylight savings. I think it was, and he let me in the store when it was closed. Let me browse the racks. It was it was awesome. He's a great guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, and uh, before I forget, I've got a note here about Bill Anderson. Just just because I always try to look up. Um, Sure. anything i can about the people who did the issue we're talking about and some of the other stuff yeah. he worked on he worked on a lot i don't know if you're familiar with him he also did silver surfer yeah. um aquaman superman yeah. he's pretty much done it all yeah. uh savage dragon yeah. he did action comics right, right. and the outsiders spike he did amazing spider-man green lantern oh my god this guy has literally done everything <laughs> right justice right, league right. of america he's, he's, he's one of those crazy that people have yeah, he, he's one of those creators that people have forgotten about, um, which has been very strange. And Rick McCollum, I don't know what really happened to Rick McCollum. Did you, did you look him up as well? Or I, remember I, he did, I did a brief search of him and literally because I was kind of just looking up his Turtles related stuff and all I could find was this. So, but really? I, didn't like do, I didn't look That's too deep. Amazing. I'm sure he's done other stuff. I, I think he was a Mirage guy. Like when they did, when Mirage was doing the book, I think he was an actual studio guy who worked in the studio. But I think he... If I'm not, I can look him up. I have to check it out. But if I'm not mistaken, he went on to either animation or something. Again, I'm not sure. I could be wrong. When that, when Mirage and Tundra were open, I think he was one of those guys who was just hanging around doing work. You know, um, it could be an office guy. I mean, that could be it too. I actually really love their their stuff. I think this is so good. This issue with what they do here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They're a great team. They really but, are. I <laughs> yeah, I, I do have issues with the issue, but I I, I okay. Call, yeah, but but I can but nothing bad that makes me hinder my enjoyment. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the first one is I, even though I love the cover, I love this cover. This is my favorite cover. I think I think in the whole Turtles run, I think that cover is so beautiful with Leonardo it's standing a, there. It is a very interesting cover. Um, you know, before we do the cover yeah. though, there, there's a segment yeah. we usually do where yeah. we just fr do a frame of reference of sure. when um the book came out. So this is Go this month in entertainment here. This month in entertainment. Okay, so the month this book came out, June 1991, the movies that were in the theater, we've got The mm -hmm. Naked Gun 2 and a half, yep. which, by the way, I grew up with this movie. Never knew until now that there's a subtitle. Yep. Did you know it's called Naked Gun 2 and a half, The Smell of Fear? Fear, yep, The Smell of Fear, yep. <laughs> I never yep. knew that. I saw um, this in the, in the theater. I think, honestly, I probably, I, I saw this, my, my parents would take us once a week to the theater. So I think this is the same year as The Rocketeer, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we went to a preview of The Rocketeer on a Saturday night. And same month. I, That's on my list here, too. Came yeah. out the same month. Oh, oh, man. It was so good. I mean, that was a month that my, my comic history really blew up. That's why I really was so excited to do this issue. This is so a crazy many, good I, month I, for movies. Oh, absolutely. We've got, we yeah. got the Naked Gun, which, by the way, I think I watched that series in reverse order. Like, I think right. growing up, I watched the third, then the second, then the first. But, um, uh, so we had Naked Gun that month. We have Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's <laughs> Dead, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, City Slickers, Scanners 2, yep. um, The oh Rocketeer, Kickboxer 2, and The yep. Pit and the Pendulum. 
or other movies. Depends oh, and Reservoir Dogs. Sorry, not to forget yeah. a big one. <laughs> Tarantino, yeah, Tarantino's first film. I mean, I think most people discovered Reservoir Dogs on VHS. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think so too. But I, I don't. Yeah, I think I remember seeing it in the fall, being like, "Wow, what is this movie?" You know, and it's like. Mm-hmm. Who is this guy, you know? And then, like, you know, three years later, Paul Fish came out. But that, this was a very, yeah, it's a very interesting month, I think. Uh, I, going back really quick to Rocketeer, though, I mean, Rocketeer was one that, when we saw it in the theater, everyone was applauding, everything was, everyone was, like, getting excited about it. And then it kind of tanked at the box office. <laughs> so, I I was the Rocketeer for Halloween that year. As really? Really? Yeah, really? my dad made me out of like um, he spray painted one of those, you know, those like buckets that you collect yeah. candy in. He 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 put a he put a fin on on that like his Rocketeer helmet, and he spray painted it, and then he made me like a little cardboard jetpack. I don't know where I got the the pilot's jacket. I'm sure that was involved too. <laughs> I, I if you ever do if you ever do a show about the Rocketeer, let me know. I know so much stuff about the Rocketeer. I have stuff you wouldn't even believe. I have, uh, I have one, one of my one of my best stories. I think it is. I actually met Dave Stevens the the, the month before he, I mean, a year before he passed, and it was. I'm so glad I went to a convention I did because I, when I met him, my heart was just like, you know, a year wow. later he passed. He was like, 50, he was 53 when he, when he passed away. It was unbelievable, but that was a really affecting comic convention experience, actually. So, wow. Um, so the number yeah. one grossing out of those movies, the highest grossing film was Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. With a, a yeah. This is crazy how much money that movie made. So it made $165 oh, yeah. million domestic and $390 million worldwide for 1991. That's insane. I have no idea how there weren't like four yeah, sequels actually, to that. Yeah, I, you know what the funny thing is? That movie, it's, it was, I saw that in the theater. I remember seeing, I remember seeing all these movies in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember seeing Robin Hood in the theater. I don't think it's that great. Like, I think Alan Rickman's good. Um, there's some some fun stuff that happens in it. And it's it's yeah. great. You know, I don't think. It's I tried true, looking into why there weren't any sequels because it made a ton of money. It made a Usually ton of that money. guarantees yeah, you a sequel, and that yeah. was basically the reason. Like it, it said, like audiences um, went to see it, but most of them came came away from it thinking, "Eh, it wasn't that good," even though everybody saw it. <laughs> yeah, everybody saw it. it really, but what's funny about that, that movie actually gave Kevin Costner and the director, Kevin Reynolds, um, they both next did uh, Waterworld, which yep. that's, that led to that because it made so much money. And that movie, that movie tanked. Although I love Waterworld. I think it's, I think yeah. it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I always wanted his boat. He's got a great boat. Oh, he's got a great boat. The Mariner. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so the Billboard number one songs when this comic was on the spinner rack, I Don't Want to Cry by Mariah Carey. Then there was More Than Words by Extreme and Rush Rush by Paula Abdul. The Nintendo Power cover that month had Battletoads on it. It said Battletoads, Joker, Capers. And for anyone listening to the podcast who doesn't know what the Battletoads were... It was a very short video game series that absolutely was trying to grab some of the success of Ninja Turtles. Like it, yep. it was the first of a long line of imitators. There was there was Street Sharks, Biker Mice from Mars, Cowboys of Moo Mesa, Samurai Pizza Cats, all those. But I think Battletoads was one of the first to try to try to copy this formula here. <laughs> and then also on the Nintendo Power cover is the NES Open. Um, it says you can win a golf cart. 
they had some kind of competition going on where you can win your own golf cart. That's TV amazing. events. After merging with Ha, the comedy channel, the yeah, after merging with Ha, the comedy channel CTV became Comedy Central, basically, uh, to avoid confusion with the Canadian broadcast network known as CTV. Oh my so. gosh! And salute wow. your shorts debuted on Nickelodeon. That's right. Oh my gosh! I forgot about that. Oh man. And Mystery Science Theater started its third season with Cave Dwellers, Gamera, Pod People, Gamera vs. Baragon, and Pod People, by the way, is one of their best episodes. Absolutely. If you haven't, check it out. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Little potatoes. Yeah, I feel like I'm fat. Oh my god, I totally forgot about a lot of these things. My god, you did your research. I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah, every episode now. <laughs> so, the one, one more thing before we get to the cover is where the Ninja Turtles were this month. They had another book out, obviously, the Turtles Adventure Comics. Oh. And in that book is the name of the story. It's <laughs> giving me a thumbs down. <laughs> the name <laughs> of the story is Space Junk Face Funk Cyberpunk Thief. It's the name oh, of the story. Gosh. I think I actually read that, actually. I, just, I think that was the one in the cartoon based on, right? The car- yep. Cartoon the the description awful. says, an American, artificial, an American artificial satellite collides with a Soviet radioactive waste canister, transforming a man into a supervillain, calling himself Vid Vicious. After oh, the turtles gosh. get into conflict with him... They later end up witnessing the return of the Shredder. That's the description for that one. <laughs> so that's what was if going on in June of 91. Ugh. Now we can get into this cover. Um, yeah, so right. yeah, it's a really good cover. Um, you yeah. know what, what's funny about it to me, though? It kind of looks like, and I mean this in the best way possible, it sounds like an insult, but yeah. it looks like something that like a high school senior would draw if he was thinking about going to art school. I, that's what I love about it. It's not. It's not like beautiful. You got to remember yeah. too. Like Image Comics was was. I think this is the summer of Image Comics too, if I'm not mistaken. That was maybe next summer. Um, but this was the summer. I mean, art in the '90s turned out to be like really, you know, like Jim Lee and you know um, Todd McFarlane and stuff like that. This guy looked like somebody who I knew who drew this. You're right, absolutely. And I think that's what I love about it. It's so like, but it's as there's one only one problem I have with the cover. I think I mentioned this. I think the problem is it doesn't really, it reflects the story um, in, in a way, but I think it would have been more effective if they actually had Donatello. <laughs> Honestly, it mm. sounds weird, but because the story is a little more Donatello based. I mean, there's, there's Leonardo is in there. But they I don't give Donatello and Michelangelo a lot of covers. It's usually either Leo or right. Raph. Right, noticed. right. You know, I, and I agree with that, but at the same token, I'm looking at him like, ah. Well, he's not the focus as much. I mean, he's in it. You know, don't get me wrong. All of them are in it. But, uh, you know, this was this was something. But I, and I remember reading it and being like, oh, well, but I didn't make that connection now. But I read it today and I was like, oh, okay. This is a, more of a Donatello kind of thing. I don't know why Leonardo was on the cover, but I do like it. And if you notice closely, there's a little there's a little mouse right over there that kind of hints on oh, the yeah. story. I think that's so cool. <laughs> there's a lot of little mice they love mirage studios loves doing that this there's two other issues where we noted there's like a gag in the corner of like a yeah. mouse doing something and it's they so love cool drawing that. now you you said before this you the issues before were a little more rough for you 
Um, did you read? Did you read uh, Souls Winter? Because I think that's around this time, like beforehand. Yes, that was the last episode. Well, Souls, Souls. Uh, what comes after Souls Winter? There's there's Souls Winter and there's Souls End or Souls yeah. Edge, something like so that. Edge, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. The Mike, the Michael Zuli books. Yes. I believe it or not, I love Michael Zuli. I love Michael Zuli. Yeah. So are you are you a fan of like his Puma stuff? Oh, absolutely! I love Puma blues. Puma blues. And I actually, I I actually met Michael Zuli. I have pictures of him on my on my uh, on my, my Facebook. Um, there is a, a I was part of the last thing he did was something like the the the, the, the fractional of the boy or something or the fractional mm-hmm. boy, whatever the heck it was. Um, but it was supposed to be a three part series, and I actually have his graphic novel. I don't think it ever came out to be purchased. Um, huh. But I think it's, I have to, it's it's in the other room actually. It's absolutely one of the most beautiful pieces of art I've ever seen. Um, and eventually, he went on to do the Alice Cooper book with Neil Gaiman, which was it did Sandman at one point too. But the Alice Cooper book is unbelievable. His art in that's incredible. But um, the last thing he did was um, the last thing he did. I actually have a copy from I think the 2011 San Diego Comic Con. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Our, yeah, our takeaway from that trilogy was was basically like we love that it exists, but we don't think we could have handled much more of it. Oh, <laughs> it's absolutely, like it, it's yeah. Perfect. That's like a three issue story, but if if that had gone like any longer, or they had brought him back, I think it it wouldn't have worked as well. But it's right. great. It's great. Perfect as it is. Great. Right. Absolutely. Did you guys read Splinter of the Mind's Eye? That was good too. That was very good. But he did the same. Zuli did that one too. Yes. It's another. Yep. Uh, we were yeah, doing them all very, in order. Um, that's amazing. In Oops, issue I, order, obviously, because um, now we're noticing that a lot of them are being released out of order. So we're doing them yeah. in issue order. <laughs> yeah, so they'll be on number 32 soon. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, great cover. Great cover. <laughs> Great cover. So let's dive into the interior. We got a, I got a summary here. Feel free to interrupt me at any time. Um, so it starts with Donatello. Um, he's leading his brothers into the woods on a spiritual quest. And it's interesting that I think this is supposed to be Northampton where Casey's farm is, but it looks like a rainforest. Like it is thick jungle. (laughs) (laughs) The same thing. That was one of my problems with the book. After reading it again, as a kid, kid, it didn't bother me. But now looking at it, I'm like, wow, where the hell are they? I think the Northampton is definitely not. And they and they lived in Northampton, so I mean, you know, that's where you know. So it's yeah, it's not too far from where I live either. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it's not. You know, it's not that. I mean, you know, it's just literally. I think they got lost, and I think they're in Africa, not Africa. Um, they're more in like Australia, I would think, (laughs) or even like even like Mexico. It's crazy. It's crazy. (laughs) <laughs> so my next note is probably another thing you you might have noted about the comic, and and then I'm pretty much good with everything from here on out. But um, on yeah. page two, Raphael he's balancing a sigh on his finger, yep. like doing the old balancing thing. It looks like a knife, and I've noticed yeah. a lot of artists don't seem to be familiar with what a sigh is. Like it's not right. like a small sword. It's supposed to be a blunt, almost a like blunt a, a club, like something yeah. you hit someone. With. Um, right, so interesting. right. They, throughout this whole issue, they definitely think a, a sigh is basically like a sword with two right. tiny swords on the side. <laughs> well, that, if you ever seen a sigh, you know it's definitely not that. Yeah. Uh, and they needed, they needed more electric comics. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I, I think they definitely. I think Frank Miller hits it perfectly. What a sigh actually is. I think, especially you know, maybe because maybe because originally Ninja Turtles were a spoof of Electra and as both of the yeah. of the of the Daredevils. 
that might be mm-hmm. why they're maybe spoofing a little bit. But I see what you're saying. Absolutely. They, at this by this point, though, they've kind of rounded who they are, and it, and it became more than just that one joke. You know, way past that. I think by the second issue, they probably did that. So I see what you're yeah. saying. I actually have, a, I actually have, a, I do have a problem with the art too, as well. Um, not so much the Ninja Turtles. Uh, it's gonna sound terrible, but they definitely did. Uh, the two creators definitely have a problem drawing women. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they definitely do. I mean, no offense. I mean, yeah. Right on. Yeah. It's literally April. Yeah. No, you're you're uh, definitely right on. about that. I mean, April hasn't yeah. shown up yet. We'll we'll get there. So. Oh so God. Yeah. Let's wait. Raph teases Donatello that he's taking everything too seriously, and he mumbles to himself, no, I'm not, and then we flash back to earlier in the week. And earlier in the week, Donatello is returning to the farmhouse after Splinter had sent him on a spiritual quest, and I like that just before he comes in, they're talking about how Casey's car is busted, and that Donnie should be able to fix it. So, like, he's does machines already. Mm -hmm. Like, he's, they're the personality is is forming right. we've noticed a few other issues where they definitely zeroed in on him being the tech the tech guy right right and i like that i also like in this issue too i like that too some of the previous issues they kind of neglect that they neglect mm-hmm. the characters um the characters like they neglect where we are basically and they really kind of deepened it a little bit there i thought that was very nice actually a nice touch yeah so he comes in the door looking, he's got, he's in total shock saying, you knew, didn't you master? But before anything can get explained, Splinter tells him to go rest. And then later on in the night, April joins the crew, a poorly drawn April, as you said, <laughs> joins the crew around a big old barn fire. Yep. Yep. And don't think of this fire like the little one they meditated in front of in the 1990 movie, if you're listening to this. Like, it, it's a raging, like, Gene Gray is going to be Phoenix rising through in any second. Like, it's a huge, huge fire. <laughs> so Donatello, fire. he tells his and brothers about the, the journey Splinter sent him on. And he yeah. says he met the father of all reptiles. And um, he says he was a turtle yeah. or a ghost or some kind of spirit. And he told Donnie right. that Donnie was special. And all his brothers laughed yep. at him. Um, yep. <laughs> but Splinter angrily shouts them down for not being in touch with their heritage, their roots, because they're right. re- because reptiles ruled the world for eons. And, right, right, right. And then we get, then we get the first of several references to past issues. Right, um, right. It, it, sh- it shows the turtles with the dinosaurs from the, the seventh issue of Tales yep. of the TMNT. And... Right. Um, April basically says something like about how they wouldn't shut up about it when they got back. That right, they, right. They were with dinosaurs, which and I, and makes I love, sense. And I love that. Yeah, and I said it's, it's connecting some of the threads because a lot of these issues are just standalones. The standalones yeah. don't really connect. And I, I like that they, they connected it finally to something, you know? It was great. Yeah. I like they did that. And then, uh, I mean, and then, yeah, and then Mikey, he talks about the three months of uh, fishing he was on when they were back there, just confirming more of, of what happened in that issue. Splinter says that yeah. everything is a ring, and what rises must fall. And as the mammals overtook the planet, when the reptiles died off, so too will mammals cease to exist. And then Donatello gets all goth on us and starts mumbling about yeah. population, <laughs> overpopulation and how... Man, man is evil and they always fight and he's looking forward to the age of mammals to end and then Splinter's right. like hey guy I'm a mammal 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, right. And then April's right, right. like, yeah, me too. And Splinter's like, and your buddy Casey's a mammal too. So, so why don't you tone it down yeah. a bit? <laughs> tone it down a bit, exactly. But I like that characterization of Raph. I love Raphael. They got him perfectly, though. It's like yep. without thinking, he's sensing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Raph, Leo, and Mike, they still think this is all crazy. So Splinter sends them into the woods to find the spirit uh, with Donnie as their guide. As they trope through the rainforest of northern Massachusetts, <laughs> Donatello can't seem to find the spot he found before, so they set up camp. And at night, uh, they, Mikey's on guard. It's it, This kind of reminded me of Stand By Me. You know that right, scene right. they all take does, turns yeah. standing yeah. guard at night? <laughs> um, Which, yeah. So at night, Mikey, he's on guard, and he think he, he's thinking about, and he sees like a little reptile, and uh, um, basically what you're supposed to take away from this is in the background, you see in like a giant silhouette, this giant claw hand is right, right. behind him, but he doesn't see it. And then right. it cuts to the morning, and Michelangelo is missing. Right, right. Um, so before Leonardo can lead a search party, Donatello tells him that the quest is more important than finding Michelangelo. And right. Raph starts arguing with him, but we get another callback as Donatello like reminds him, "Hey, remember when you de-evolved in the R River Trilogy? And yeah, like, it's yeah. just like that time. We need to have faith in the journey." Which is funny because yeah. the River Trilogy is something that's come up in our our read-throughs a lot. Because it, for legal reasons, mm -hmm. it's not in continuity, but right. it's yeah. it is at this point the most referenced storyline of all of them. <laughs> like it there's really is. there's yeah. three other I issues that reference that trilogy. Right, it, it, it references more than when they went to space, basically, or meant Cerebus. I mean, it's honestly yeah. like very or like back it really in is. time. And that's, yeah, you think it's not as important, but they do reference it so much that. You would think that it is, you know, I, I understand the legal reasons. I understand all those things, but come on, you know I mean? Like, just put it in there already at this point, you know? Yeah. And but Kevin yeah, I, Smith, I, I love that trilogy. Oh, oh, by the way, listeners, we if you haven't checked our earlier episodes, we did an interview with Kevin Eastman, if, if you're interested, so go listen to that episode. Oh, but, Kevin's wonderful. How is he doing? Oh, he's doing great. He misses conventions, so he's, yeah. he's waiting yeah, he to get back to that. Uh, yeah, he uh, he actually did us years ago. I don't know if I ever told you. He did a he's a wonderful guy, wonderful guy. Oh yeah, uh, he loves his fans. Yeah, he uh, did a, he did a uh, an introduction for one of my plays actually years ago. But the reason I bring him up, the re uh, I'm not just name dropping. Is I was I was gonna say Kevin yeah. Eastman considers the River Trilogy canon. He's just said yeah. like you know we he's he's pretty much confirmed like we don't own the rights to it, but I consider it part of the the story yeah. i consider a part of volume one yeah, absolutely. absolutely so back to this issue leonardo yeah. asked donatello i'm like flying through this because i don't want to uh, take up my i i know we only got like an hour here um yeah <laughs> this, is this is a long yeah, issue this is a long issue so i'm trying to fly really through. fly through do what do you need to do so the second night starts and yep. this time there's this heavy fog and the turtles right. get separated Almost right away, Donatello and Leonardo discover that Raphael's missing now, too. Yep. And they, they like, find his knife sigh in a tree. Mm-hmm. Right. And Leo asks Donatello what's after them, and 
Donnie starts acting a little off. He's talking about how they're on an eternal ring, and Leo mentions uh, for the reader, basically, that he's got a weird voice now. Like, they specifically call out. He says, what's with your voice? You know, so the reader knows. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that was interesting, because they did another issue... They could have used like a different font because there's an, I think it's issue 31. They, they do this Egyptian yeah. story where someone gets possessed right? and they do this really cool, like shaky dialogue to show that they have a weird voice. Right. Right. I thought that's something they should have done here, but you yeah. know, whatever. Maybe it, it takes more time to do that. I don't know. I don't yeah. Know the, lettering. I think the lettering, I think it was probably, <laughs> probably trying to get it done. Yeah. You know, it was house of points. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, keep in mind back then they're doing all the lettering by hand. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. It's not computer lettering back then. Which is why Mirage has a lot of spelling errors. <laughs> well, is that too? Yes, yeah. they do. <laughs> they do. But I like that. I like that charm of it. Though. Oh, yeah. There's a charm to One of my favorite video games ever. I don't know if you've ever heard or played this, but Harvest Moon 64 on the Nintendo 64. It's a oh, great yeah, game. It's a farming sim. Yep. And yeah. it was poorly translated, and that just adds to the charm for me. Absolutely. Well, I mean, there's a great thing. I I read this interview uh, years ago with Nick Park, the guy who did Wallace and Gromit. When he was Uh doing the movie, he said they they were trying to. They said, "Well, you know, Nick, you want we want you to take away the thumbprints." And he's like, "Well, that's that's that's." He says, "That's not a want of correction. That's where the love is." I love that. You know, and I think that's great. So you want to take? It's not a bug. It's a feature. I love that. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is the same thing. My. So after Leonardo yells at Donatello, Donnie explains that the ring has been broken and the turtles must repair it. He told me, he told me so, Donatello says. And Leonardo's like, who told you that? And Donatello's like, the the father of us all. (laughs) This, just like everything else, makes Leo more angry, but he sticks with his brother as they set out to find the missing two other brothers. So right, then there's this right. strange bit of text that it, it feels like a narrator is with us all of a sudden. Right, like right. Talking about each step, it says, um, each step brings them further from reality. And it's yeah. it's kind of strange to introduce narration like three fourths of the way. In. Well, that's what I felt too. I'm like, well, this is this is weird, right? It's like who's actually I was like, who's saying this? You know, is it honestly like, is it the author? Or? With because I do summaries for all the issues and sometimes I write a lot more than others. This is one of those times and I'm like there's so much happening in this story I wonder yeah. if they, they were like running out of time and that's where these narration boxes right. came from. It, like you know it what? It could be that yeah, it's, it's, it, they could have needed directions they're like someone might have said this isn't working, we need to get them to this point put something there. Yeah. You know? like, that, I can understand that you know, the art's not telling the story that could be a possibility. Mm-hmm it's because it, for and we'll post it on our Facebook on I mean on our Twitter and Instagram. It's it's like a big square of text. It's it's almost like the Fugitoid one shot we talked about. How that felt like reading oh. a book. <laughs> yeah, I love um, I love it though, man. I love that. Story. I love all these. Oh, ones. Yeah. they're great. Yeah, I love all them. I love all the Mirage stuff. They're the best ones in my opinion. Yeah. But anyway, so then there's this strange. Uh, oh, I already. <laughs> I keep losing my place. Anyway, meanwhile. Raph and Mike have found one another, and both are beaten up looking. Uh, Michelangelo yep. has found their equipment and the supplies and the water, which they desperately need at this point. 
and, and you know it's hot in those Massachusetts rainforests. You need <laughs> you need some water. <laughs> so Raph he dumps out a uh, big bag of weapons, and it, and the bag is like everything Dwight Schrute would use to guard the Absolutely. office. <laughs> it was very it very much reminded me of that. So, uh, yeah, then we get a cool fight where Donatello and Leonardo are ambushed by the shadows, basically. I love Mirage does this a lot. I love it every time where they're like, they're fighting a shadow, basically. So they fight this darkness until Leonardo manages to chop off an arm. And it's like straight out of Star Wars. It's it's the Wampa or the guy in the team. Like, take your pick. Um... (laughs) Or right. any other, everyone loses limbs in Star Wars. Um, Absolutely, I love, that's the best part. That's, yeah, well, they did, they did until like the yeah, and then well, yeah. they started to try doing it again, but not not so much. <laughs> <laughs> the original trilogy, everyone loses limbs. I love it. Yep. <laughs> so so that night we see Leonardo relaxing by the fire, uh, just sitting by a tree, and Donatello shows up in this cool looking cape and cowl. I'm not right, sure. Where- right. But he's. This would be a really cool action figure. I want that action. I was gonna say that. Yeah. I love that action. He's just a shroud going on, man. I love it. He's covered in like war paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he he says, "I will be the shaman to oppose him." <laughs> and um, Leo has some thought bubbles where he's like, uh, "You know, please, yeah. this guy's nuts." Um, this guy's nuts, exactly. <laughs> And then exhaustion pretty much sets in and they both pass out. Right, right. So that night, both turtles have a shared dream of time passing. And their cold-blooded ancestors being replaced with, like, warm-blooded mammals. And then they awake and Leonardo (laughs) says they must be let loose. But why? And how? And Donatello's like, you are learning. (laughs) <laughs> he's like possessed he's he's possessed by like the the, the spirit of the forest yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the fog yeah, comes yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. rolls back in. Um Donatello, he's he's down, he's still hurt and he can't continue the quest, but Leonardo refuses to leave his brother behind. Yep. So, but Donatello tells Beautiful him that. Shot, yeah. yeah. He tells him you have to, as the father of all reptiles needs his help. And Leo is like, no, I'm refusing to leave. And Donatello's like, um, Donatello says it's it's Leo who's the shaman now. And right. starts crying. Mm-hmm. And he tells Leonardo to finish their mission before the beast returns. Yeah. And then Leonardo, who's also crying. <laughs> Uh, leaves one of his swords with Donatello and and heads out. Right, and has faith in him and stuff. Did you see yep. the art, the accidental art panel? Uh, the, 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 it kind of looks kind of weird. Did you see that one on page uh, 29? Let me take a look. I got it open here. Yeah, page 29, the top of it, he says, no, come back. If you look at that, I want to show it, but it's kind of, an, it's, you know, it can kind of go either way with that. It's kind of weird, and uh, I know that as a kid being like... <laughs> Oh, I see. I had to get down to the, the page. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was the problem that Kevin and Peter talked about with the tails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, 
where were we? Leonardo. He's he's heading forward. He's he's contacted by a voice, and it says, "Your brother Donatello gave me joy when we met. I thought it would release me from my grief. I tried to go, but joy is ephemeral, while melancholy lasts forever." Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's deep in a Ninja Turtle book. <laughs> right, right. But you know what? They went for it. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> they freaking went for it. <laughs> and then Leonardo makes it to the top of this weird... It's like a bone structure. It reminded yeah, me... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I always like, compare it to video games for some reason. It, it looks like the area in Final Fantasy VII where Ares dies. Oh, um, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, Aerith, if you're doing international, um, <laughs> the, <laughs> like there were like seashells everywhere. Anyway, yeah. um, so Leonardo he sits back uh, in exhaustion at the top of whatever this is. It's kind of like a, a weird bony structure, right? And he hears an approaching like monster. Yeah. And he doesn't understand why the monster won't attack. Yeah. And eventually falls asleep. <laughs> <laughs> which is weird yeah. as it sounds that's what that story does um yeah. <laughs> and then the voice returns i guess all the, oh, the climbing tired him out yeah yeah off this the bone voice, structure thing yeah yeah the <laughs> voice comes back it says this is my nexus my holy spot this is my prison where i trap where i am trapped by my sadness dream my child dream of extinction dream of death once we were now we are not you and yours are what we could have been had not the hairy ones come. All the scaly brethren are my children, but the hairy ones killed them. They ate my eggs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's Brilliant. funny, this story is kind of like the opposite of last week's story, where the, the, the spirit in Michael Zuli's story yeah. was telling the turtles that they were basically like abominations. He, yeah. I, I always remember the quote from that one is like, I have no children such as these. Right, Referring right. to the turtles being like, you know, mutants. They're mistakes. I gotta read that one again. Yeah. I Whereas just, in this I story, guess. it's like, yeah. no, you're not mistakes. You guys are what we should have evolved into. When I was 14, this, this this monster I thought was like related to Splinter at one point. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, because it does. It is like a rat-like monster. Yeah, it's like, it's, and it looks like a, a mad a mad Splinter. Anyway, I mean, I yep. just my my young mind went immediately to that, but I, then they said no, it's not. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's somebody else. But feral, I always, it's a feral yeah. Splinter. <laughs> a feral Splinter. Yeah, exactly. The, 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 the North. Yeah. yeah, he's saying like, "Be my vessel, and let yeah. the let the scales and fangs and claws of generations give you strength." And yeah. and they they fight. The battle continues, and Leonardo like just keeps you know getting at him. Continues until we see uh, a, a, an apparition of like a, a giant turtle in the clouds right. above, where Leonardo right. finally delivers some like a death blow. Right. Right. And then Raph and Mike have found Donatello and are struggling to climb uh, the bone structure. And Mike sees the cloud turtle and Donatello tells him that it's a good omen and that the quest is complete. Right, right. That they continue onward, but Donatello's injuries kind of prevent them from going any further. He says it's finished. We don't have, we don't have to hurry now. Um, and Raph's like, he's he's still nuts. The ring is whole. <laughs> he's saying Donatello's still yeah. crazy. Leo needs us. 
Yeah. And Mikey hands Donatello a blade for protection. Take this, stay on guard. And Don's like, no, it doesn't matter. Anyway, um, Raph and Mike, they continue on and find the shaman sitting atop the, the, the thing. Leonardo sits with his katana in hand. Yeah, he's he's vanquished yeah. the feral splinter. And uh, <laughs> he's leaning against this, like, broken eggshell. It, yeah, it's like right. a giant broken egg. And he says, we freed yeah, them. That, that, the wheel is moving again. The ring is whole. And that's the I'll end of the story. I'll never forget that last line. Be like, oh, oh, what a, what a, what a, the ring is whole. My gosh, you know, it's like so, man, give me a chill, you know, unbelievable issue. <laughs> what was this like being your first Turtles book? Like, this is a, this is a dense story. That's why I was trying to read through it so fast. I wanted to make sure we had time. <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, like the Ninja Turtle movie, and uh, that was like 1990, I think. And I mean, like, okay, well, I want to pick up a Turtles comic and see what it's like. And I, you know, I started getting really into comics, and um, I said, "Oh my God, it's this is." It was so strange, but I loved it. I loved every mm-hmm. second of it. Uh, but at this point, if I remember correctly, this is when I started getting the weird comics. So I mean, like the Vertigo was just mm-hmm. starting up and things like that. Um, it's stuff I just didn't understand. I think Sandman. Yeah, I, I already read Sandman. I think I already read the first three arcs of Sandman. Uh huh. And that was completely strange to me. And I didn't, I didn't completely understand that. I was in Hellblazer. And I think at this point was when Bone was starting out. If I'm not Jeff Smith's Bone. And I remember being like just kind of some eclectic, kind of like Dave McKean kind of like world. And I'm like, this kind of fit into that. I remember reading it like when I was like 17, and then going being like, oh my god, like so much I missed when I was 14. Mm-hmm. But I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I I, I loved it. I, I took chances. I remember being like, this isn't like the cartoon turtles. And I love that, you know? I always felt the movie had... The, the first movie, even though it's, you know, some some points are silly, there's a certain darkness about it that's very cool, you know? Oh, and um, people were like, you know, people were like, oh, you're going to read the Mirage books. And I think this was what inspired me to get those... You used to have these things for $10. Collecting them... Clicking the original Mar- Mar- unbelievable stuff, and I started up in issue one. I'm like, this is a better version of Turtles in the cartoon, uh, mm-hmm. or even the movie. It was just so cool. Like, and this really got me back to seeing those. I remember reading stuff, and there were some issues that were weirder than others. There were some bits of chances, I think. There's, I think this one arc with uh, uh, Rick Vetch, I think his name is uh, Rick Vetch. He did the Max Morphium Brack Pack. Yeah, he. Yeah. Yeah. He's 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 done some great stuff here. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, he's done. He's done some stuff. And I remember I, I read Brat Pack too when that first came out, and that messed me up. If you've never read Brat Pack, I recommend it. It's one of the most. It's actually I think up there with Watchmen. It's one of the most forgotten about comic series that anyone's ever done. That is as good as Watchmen. That, and no one talks about. No one talks about this book. But he was good friends with Kevin Eastman. Um, you know, he was also good friends with um, you know Steve Bazette, and you know they were. They were in. They were all telling. You know, this may have been the Mirage, and they might have been stuff. But you got to look at it this way. This was, there was a cartoon series going around for like four or five years at this point. There was a movie that just hit theaters maybe a year ago. And mm-hmm. I think Secret of the Views is coming. Secret of the Views is coming out. Kevin Smith. I mean, Kevin. Um, Kevin Eastman was taking a chance at this point in doing this comic, and it's yeah. strange. You know, it's so strange to see that he took this chance on this on this comic that is, you know, not typical. So I remember reading it being like young and maybe i didn't understand it all but i love that i love that yeah. I, I, I asked questions and we I, read some turtle tracks on here where they yeah. directly address the fact that they have like two different fandoms and talk right. about how 
they think it there's no reason they can't coexist like you can have oh, the turtles for the not. kids yeah. and you can have the turtles book for adults right and i think that's what the new idw series has done i think tom waltz did that very well he mm -hmm. blended all those worlds together so well that, yeah and that's, sophie that's, campbell's been doing a great job too lately I, she, she did a book called uh, wet moon and mm -hmm. it's a totally independent book i remember meeting i mean meeting uh, meeting them and meeting her at convention being like this is incredible when i found out that it was the same person doing the books for doing these it was it was awesome i mean sophie campbell's amazing at what she does you know yeah i love uh, the way she draws the turtles like the turtle like <laughs> it's it's my second favorite turtles look after the way they look in the first issue the first oh, issue absolutely. i think is always going to be my favorite look but. absolutely there's such a verve to it and everything like that but mm. i love too this is the turtles are like batman i think that's what works for this particular issue so well too the turtles are especially yeah. batman there could be so many different interpretations of batman but it's still distinctly batman and yeah. i think i think there's very few characters that can do that very successfully um there's a few of them i mean sometimes you can be and, uh, but you can't get too far away from it. Um, mm -hmm. With Batman, you can take any artist, and it's an artist's dream. I think the turtles are an artist's dream, too. Which yeah. is, Superman you know, always kind of looks like Henry you know, Cavill. Yeah, <laughs> or he looks like Christopher Reeve. And, or he uh, looks Gary like Christopher Reeve. Yeah, yeah and they, but, they, but they, don't get, they don't get away from that too too much. But the artists, and the artists don't, don't do that, but Batman certainly does. And even the Superman comic, I mean, even the one going on now, it's not very different. Every issue of the Turtles, even in the old Mirage, even the old Mirage days, even something like this, this was yep. very different from the previous one. Or from from um, from Eastman and, and Larry, they they, they yeah. took that they took that chance, and I love that. One of my favorite Turtle artists is Jim Lawson. I love Jim Lawson. I think he's great. Oh, he's um, great. I think. No, uh, he's just, and he, he's just even awesome. he draws the turtles a few different ways. Like yeah, he doesn't have he like does. one consistent yeah. way. Like sometimes they're short and 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 yeah. kind of stocky. Sometimes they look yeah. like he stretched that design out, but that's, it's it's always and that's good. Why I love him. Oh my god! But that's what works with this issue so well. It, it was and from even for now, even looking at it now, I read it today. I still got chills. I'm like, wow, this issue kept keeps an issue that keeps giving. I I probably read it mm -hmm. in three or four times in my lifetime today being the three or third or fourth time and each time i come back to it and i'm like this is good this is something that yeah. you know this, this is good this flaws for sure and you laugh about the flaws because they're funny um yeah. but they put so much thought into it that i hardly care you know it's so cool yeah. you know and I, one thing i didn't know uh, i saw this reading this and I, i've never read this story i gotta go back and take a look at it yeah um apparently this is a continuation of a story called donatello the ring which oh, is yeah, actually this yeah. came first yep. but they made it like a, a prequel um yeah. or, no no actually no sorry scratch that the other one came yeah. first it's in turtle soup volume two number one yep. no, I, um, I, I i've not read that one as much just because it wasn't my first issue but you're right absolutely i remember now that yeah yeah it's i mean to take that and have that sensibility back in that time period is amazing you know yeah yeah. And then my other note about the issue is, uh, we, I know our listeners are always wondering if stories are in continuity or not, because Mirage is all over the place at this point. Right. Uh, this is another one of those that isn't, if you're keeping score at home, technically Peter Leard has said that nothing, only, there's only two issues between issue 21 and issue 45 that are officially canon. However, this is one of the ones that nothing in the issue specifically contradicts anything so it's if you want it to be in your continuity it easily fits nothing in here will contradict anything that is officially canon so 
take it if you want it. <laughs> right, right. That's amazing. Oh. I mean, honestly, wow. I will say though, during this time period, if you are you familiar with what happened, was going on with uh, Mirage at this time period? That's what's so interesting about it. Um, uh, the the fact that it's the guest era and they were busy like focusing on their empire, so they had different guests well, all the time. The one thing I, probably Eastman, if he's listening or anything like that, he probably you know he's very funny about it. You know what? Do you ever hear a tundra? Uh, the, the the tundra thing he did? No. Oh my he, gosh! You're gonna re- you've got to research this. Okay. So tundra is something. This and this is going on during this time period. Why you're seeing so many different people? So tundra was Eastman's uh, pet project. Um, he he put all his money from his turtles into this into this company to do exclusive books. And he went to this. He, he did like I think I can't remember how much the money was millions though. And uh, Kevin Eastman's the first is the only creator, and I will say this very lovingly. And he'll, he's he didn't do drugs. He didn't lose his a lot of money because you know he was a bad guy. He mm-hmm. loved comic book art so much that that he wanted it all. Like he wanted everything. So well, it's funny because I've heard Peter Leard was kind of the same way. Like, didn't oh. he like try to invest a ton in yeah. a lot of up and coming artists uh, as yeah. well? Yeah, absolutely. They're both, and they both are. I think Eastman probably a little bit more crazy. Like, I mean, like, I mean, I mean, not crazy, but like crazy about his hobby. You know, he loved it. Mm-hmm. Like, he, yeah, he's a joy. Like, he's an absolute joy. But I think that I think that was kind of his downfall in a certain regards, if you can call it a downfall. I mean, um, you know, he spent he lost a ton of money uh, in Tundra. Tundra was amazing. Uh, if you get a chance to read this article from Comics, the um, the Comics Journal, he did an interview. It's absolutely one of the best interviews I've ever seen anyone give, comic book wise. Uh, Kevin Eastman invested in a tank. I don't know if you ever heard about this story. Uh, he yeah, had a, he had a, they, yeah, I think he talks about it in the Toys That Made Us episode. Yeah, he does. He had a tank. It's, <laughs> For it's amazing. paintball, he but, said. Yeah, yeah, but it's 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 crazier than that. So here's the thing you should read about the comics journals. Uh, I, I mean, this is this is during this time period. So he formed a company called Tundra with the idea that he's going to fund like six or seven projects. Uh, mm-hmm. He's going to go to San Diego Comic Con in like '91 or '90 or something like that, and take home seven projects. For like a million dollars and it's get give them these artists the best thing you can probably do and it ended up being came back from san diego with 70 projects not seven or six 70 projects or six i forget when it was a crazy amount of number but he wanted to do them all because he loved them so much and uh you know so he, he put together tundra and tundra lost money hand over fist money <laughs> like just like you wouldn't believe this art project but, but so many good things that came out of it uh, mm-hmm. Understanding comics came out of it. Um, Madman with uh, Mike Allred came out of it. Like, I mean, there's so many things. Brat Pack was Brat Pack. What I talked about is probably the best comic book that nobody. I know it's absolutely one of the best comic series. But he produced that. That was their flagship book, and it's, it's unbelievable that he put all this time in, but it made no money. The first year he had like a thirty million dollar loss or something like that. I think it was reported. And wow. so what does he do? He said he said the second year of Tundra. We're gonna do Tundra UK. We're gonna double down on it. Right? It's, like, it's unbelievable. Wow! So it, it's an incredible story. But then he put together the uh, the art museum in Northampton. I think that Have you needs ever been to there? be a documentary. Oh, it's unbelievable! But you should read this comics journal interview because this is during this time period where he just lost money. You should write a play Sorry. about that. <laughs> I know. Ditko, the funny thing is, listeners I need Kevin, to know. Uh, Lenny, Lenny did a, a, a play about Steve Ditko, and it was amazing. Yeah. I loved it. I went and saw it. It was a great play. Well, um, I will. I'm going to say it right here. If Kevin Eastman is listening, I said this to him before. I said it to his wife. I think at one point, I said, if he ever wants me to do a play about his life, 
I'd be honored. I'd do it for free. I'd spend money on it. I'd call I'd call it whatever you want to, but I, I it's so amazing that they would want to. I, I would I don't know if I told you this about your Ditko play. Um, for like weeks afterwards, I would be walking around and like you know when you see a really good movie and yeah. you think of scenes, you just randomly throughout the day will think of scenes of it. I was convinced in my mind that that was a movie about Steve Ditko. And oh, I would be like, I would be like, oh, that was a really cool part. I'm going to watch that when I get home. And then I was like, oh, wait, that wasn't a movie. That was a play. I can't watch that when I get home. Oh, <laughs> like you. I was that immersed in it. <laughs> What's amazing about that play, that play has brought so much joy to me in like so many different ways. I'm actually, they're doing it um, supposedly, COVID, you know, COVID. They're doing a big uh, festival in, uh, in Johnstown this summer. Uh, for honoring Steve Dicko's life, and I'm, I'm a part of it actually. I can't talk about nice. it just yet. But we, there might be some stuff coming from the play about that. And I, I would be honored to do that. But I'm, I'm, I guess I'm speaking on the 24th of July down there. Um, there were so but, many good Easter eggs in there too. Just like, yeah, uh, I, love, I can't. So when, when COVID ends, when COVID ends, thank God I can't wait to this. I actually rewrote. I did a play years ago of Bill Finger, the co-creator mm-hmm. of, um, of Batman, mm-hmm. and. Um, I just I didn't have a good I, I didn't have the best script of it. I want I had a script everybody loved, but I didn't love it. So, but that's the first play I'm doing is a Bill Finger uh, script, and I actually worked with um, uh, Athena Finger and her sister trying to get you know trying to get the script going. So I'm excited about that too. But yeah, I'm ex- I love the Nickel play, but I think that the the Bill Finger play will be up there, and I think you'll enjoy that as well. So um, we got two more things before we go sure. here. Um, sure. The, the one thing is we'd like to put a button on these. What would you uh, score this issue on a scale of one to five? Um, I'll give my score. I I, I gave this a four yeah. out of five. Um, good. Me too. Yeah, it's it good. A, I would say a four out of five. It's got a few things that are lo- a little rushed. Um, yeah. You know, a, a little, a little, a few places that could have used a little bit more work. But overall, it's yeah. definitely it's good turtles. I always say on the podcast, this is good turtles. <laughs> this is this, this is good turtles. I think a four out of five too. Um, I would have liked to have seen it after seeing everything, even with the other one just packed together. I think would be nice of like you know mm-hmm. kind of like a full story. But definitely, I I love the art. I think it's great. Uh, four to four to five for me too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last segment we do here is toy figure facts, where I try to tie yes. in, I try to tie in a toy from the original toy line to what we just read. Uh-huh. This week, I'm I'm gonna run out of these because they did a lo- a, a, a couple of dinosaur themed toys. Um, yeah. And since you know the theme is the lizards and how they evolve, how they should have evolved into the turtles, um, yeah. I picked, uh, and Donatello being the main character. I picked um, ter- <laughs> Pteranodon, spelled with a P, like pterodactyl. Um, and his <laughs> weapons were dino horned knuckle duster, jawbone hatchet, and um, Pteranobo, ter- ter- bow, his bow staff. Description. Aww. The DNA of the most terrifying beast to walk the earth is in the hands of Shredder. With raging, world-crushing insanity, Shredder splices the DNA from a T-Rex into his own generic genetic code, creating an unstoppable mutagen. Tyranno Shredder. Oh, this is the wrong description. The turtles <laughs> have no choice but to... Oh, no, so they probably put the same description on each box because right. this was my next note, but I'll, I'll just throw it in the middle here. This was one of the last toy lines they did. This was in 1997, this figure oh came gosh. out. Oh, my gosh! 
97. So, yeah. Lasted that long. Wow. So, Tyranno Shredder, the turtles have no choice but to mutate into dinosaurs themselves. Together, they combine their primal power for a prehistoric battle to end all battles. Only the strong will survive, and only the fittest will witness the dawn of pepperoni. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> so, this was part of the 1997 Dino Figures assortment. There was uh, Tricera Mike. Uh, he was like a Triceraton. These are really good looking figures to I'm be. I'm checking like, it out. They were not half assing it at the end here. These are great. Stego Wrath, uh, Tyranno Shredder, um, Ankle Ank- Ankle Leo. I think it's supposed to be like Ankylosaurus. Uh, Tricer- <laughs> Tricera Mike, I said, and uh, obviously Tyranno Don. So. I have to look those up. I love when a toy line goes out and they give that one last boost. That's like, oh, but nobody buys them. It's great. <laughs> there was one toy line after this, um, but it, it also in '97. Like, but this was the second to last Turtles oh, design man. of the original 1987 cartoon series. Really? So oh my almost God. right at the up. end. That's nice. That's amazing. Well, thank you for having me. This has been great. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, and and we'll definitely um we'll definitely have you on again because you clearly love your turtles books. Um, <laughs> I love my turtles books, man. When when will this air? Um, a a, a week from today. A week from that, I look forward to it. It's been great. Uh, yeah. yeah Is there been... anything you wanna you wanna promote while you're here? You got any oh, plays sure, you're working sure. on? Or I, like I that? actually um no, I'm not doing much at the moment. I have a I have a graphic yeah. novel. This uh, a graphic novel that that just came out uh, called uh, Chasen and Filtered. I go mm-hmm. never yeah, go online to never enough books R I, uh, okay. and just pick it up and you know find me on find me on either Facebook or Twitter whatever you want to do I'm around Leonard Xavier Robert Schwartz, um if I don't if you don't that's not my real name but it's it's if you look at what Xavier Roberts is it's kind of an anagram, <laughs> so people it's funny because people think it actually is my real name but um <laughs> yeah I'm good if you guys get a chance I'll pick up the book it's great um local artist uh, Minio Pinkway uh, unbelievable artist drew the book it's incredible uh and again never enough books ri.com and that's great well thank you so much for being here and listeners thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time here on the ninja turtle nerds goodbye The Ninja Turtle Nerds is a fan-supported podcast. If you'd like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash tmntnerds. If you'd like to see images of the comics we discussed in this episode, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at tmntnerds. Have a question or comment for us? You can email us at tmntnerds at gmail.com. And if you like the show, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>